welcome. You're listening to the Granary Young Adults podcast, Unapologetic, a podcast where we don't avoid hard conversations, we aim for them. In each episode, we talk about the contentious, taboo and uncomfortable, the topics that no one is speaking about, but everyone is talking about. If you don't want to be challenged, this is not the podcast for you. These aren't sermons or lectures, they're conversations to challenge and activate dialogue as we dig into what God wants to teach us. I'm Rachel Baker, the Young Adults Pastor at the Granary Church. Thanks for listening in, and we hope today's episode challenges and blesses you. We have a beautiful guest on our podcast today, Marinda Barkley. Can you maybe just share a little bit about who you are? and why you think I've approached you about this particular podcast topic today. Well, my journey has been with the granary since it started. So that's been a very long time. So I've done life with a lot of people in the granary for decades and have developed some very strong connections. And even though we are no longer living physically in Newcastle, spiritually we're still as um, connected with those people as we were, as we began the journey of growing the granary and seeing it flourish to what it is now. Mm. In my role, I have often been involved with the prayer ministry team, so I can recount prayer meeting times where God has shared a word with us and have lived long enough now to see that come to pass. Sometimes it took weeks sometimes months and sometimes years. Mm. So the reality of being involved with a prayer group and understanding how God answers prayer and his timing Mm. is an amazing journey that I have been part of in the granary. Well, why don't we jump in? Let's go. Um, We've got a few questions that we've discussed, but um, I have a feeling that this could also head... In every direction, as in the Holy Spirit places. indicates. So um, I'll start us off. Marinda, is everything spiritual? That's a really good question. So we know that in Scripture, God uh, represents himself, that it says straightforward, God is spirit. Mm. And we have to come to him to understand him in spirit and in truth. So I suppose we have to start way back in understanding that Yes, we are each individual people, but we are made up of spirit, soul and body. Mm. And there are countless references throughout the Bible that tell about the spirit, soul and body of a person. Our body is the one that most of us get fixated on, especially in the West, how we look, whether we're fat, whether we're thin, whether we're tall, whether we're not, whether we're wearing the most vogue people clothes or not. That's the one that most Westerners get fixated on. But it's not the one that actually God really wants to know about. Mm. He wants to know that our spirit and our soul are well and if they're healthy and strong because that's the part of us that lives on. And for a brief moment of my life, I was a nurse. And I can tell you there are so many stories of nurses and doctors who have done the journey of life with someone as they're passing from this place called the world Mm. into another place and as they journey and pass through that there are people who experience things 
that make it very real that we are passing from one place to another. And so I think that journey of investigating, first of all, do you understand that you made up a spirit, soul and body? Mm. And therefore, if you do understand that, do you understand that Jesus himself says, you know, I, I've gone, I've went, you know, I've gone back to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you to come to. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and he's going to help encourage and guide you along that journey. And then one day I'm going to turn up again mm. and I'm going to say, I told you, yeah. I'm coming back. So I personally believe that there are so much spiritual components of us as human beings. And I think, you know, I've traveled a little bit, um, especially in India, and I see that some people in India are more aware of spiritual realities than what we are in the West. Yeah. Um, because sometimes if we can't see it, we can't we don't believe it. So um, I think that's all a part of our journey of unpacking that more and more and more. Yeah. I, I do think that. I, I agree. I think when we look at sort of that Eastern work culture versus the Western world, um Westerners almost seem further away from being able to grasp that spiritual um, side of things, whereas in a lot of uh, Eastern cultures and Eastern religions, they actually already incorporate a lot of spiritual elements to it. Yeah, and I actually see particularly what's um, become more and more relevant in Australia at the moment, our wanting to close the gap with our understanding of our um, First Nations people Mm. and how in many ways they are more connected and more awake and aware of a spiritual dimension to life. And I think also it's really interesting, I think, that we read stories about why in the East, you know, people who are of different faith yet can have revelations and dreams about this person, Jesus. Yeah. And for the first time, they encounter him. You know, God's got God's definition of who he wants to reach and who he loves is for all people. And he can reach in that to that dimension whenever he wants. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on, like, why um, in our culture we might have actually started removing that spiritual element to it? Like, I reflect back on maybe even, like, some of the churches I've been in um, growing up and... They love scripture, they love the Bible, Holy Spirit's there, but it's also sort of, uh, there's in some ways, um, when I reflect on it, I still feel like there was almost like a, there are bounds to it. This is how long we talk about it. And then now let's move into, you know, another area that's a little bit more comfortable. Do you, do you yeah. have any ideas on why that might be? There's two thoughts that come to mind is firstly, is our education system, mm. So our education system teaches us and drives us to to solve problems and to ask questions. And it also um, tends to put things into boxes. Mm. And so if we can't prove it through a scientific method, if it doesn't fit neatly into that box, then often it's thrown out. And I think in the church, this whole realm of spiritual dimension and walking with Holy Spirit is just so, at times, 
it's hard to put into words because a lot of it is that it's an experience of walking with him is so unique and so different and sometimes it's hard to control Mm. yeah I suppose we in our culture value very much order and control um and those are two things that (laughs) often the holy spirit is uh is not bound by I guess yeah and I I like what you're saying about science too um I would say most of us could agree that our culture places science as the ultimate authority you know over anything else so it's science um trumps spirituality what would you say then to areas where we may have actually opened up our culture to spiritual elements but minimize the impact that we think so things like um i don't know watching or reading harry potter shows like sabrina supernatural things like that horror movies and shows just as as a first kind of thought like what how do we know if we should or shouldn't participate in that what kind of power does that have well I I I can just share from my life experience so I was raised in the far north coast of of New South Wales in a country town called Lismore Um, now when I was a young teen this festival came to a little country town where near where I actually physically lived it was called the Aquarius Festival and the Aquarius Festival brought many, many people into our area and they had this great big celebration and danced around with very little clothes on and had rainbows and things like that and had incense burning and lots of smoking of um, pot and things like that. And it began movement in that area. And being young, I can remember I was raised going to church every Sunday with my family. And I remember one distinct day of sitting in church, listening to someone, and I thought there was a disconnection between what I was hearing, the story of this amazing person called Jesus, and what I saw. And so I went on to a, I went on a spiritual pilgrimage. Yeah. And I walked into all these sorts of other things that were on offer and readily available for me up in the far north coast. And I walked into them boots and all, still connected to Jesus, Mm -hmm. but wanting to explore what was real and what wasn't real. And that's where I come and say, oh, some of this is so real you do not understand. So um, I walked into things like yoga classes, not realising the root of yoga stems from Hindu, Hinduism and Buddhism, mm. that every statue and every salute you do in yoga actually is a deity in the Hindu religion. I also went to other things, you know, did a lot of other things. Like there was a, you know, explored. I was doing a, a unit at um, Teachers College on food and culture and I went into the Hare Krishna farm and, and was investigating all things to do with that and meditation classes. They were just my norm as I was a late teenager. And what I realised that I, I opened myself up, I opened the door of my soul and my spirit to things that I couldn't see. Mm. I thought they were all fun. 
But what I later learnt as I came to a point in my life where I had to really say, do I now believe this Jesus person? And I chose, yes, I really do believe that Jesus is real. And when I invited him into my heart and my spirit afresh and anew, there was a shift. And the group of people that I was living with at the time, I went home and there was my best friend. And as soon as I walked in the door, her face changed. And now it took years for me to understand what what happened that moment. Mm. And then I became part of the granary. I would go to different... I For 12 years, I sat with Betty Shepherd in the School of Methodis and we unpacked the Bible together. Mm. Sometimes we would pause in class and we would have um, prayer ministry together. I distinctly remember Ian and Elizabeth Easton praying for me one day and Elizabeth said to me, Marinda, I can see you sitting cross-legged on a floor and there's a red dot on your forehead. And instantly the Holy Spirit took me back to when I was a late teenager sitting in a class of a meditation class and doing that. And he said, that's not of me. That has tainted the way you think and I want to clean it up. I want to get it out of you because it's not healthy for you. You've entangled some of that identity of being in the hippie alternative movement with the real person of who I am. And so I was released from that influence that moment and that night and it was like a scales, like, you know, the Bible talks about scales being removed from our, our eyes. That's exactly what I experienced. And years later, when I read more and studied more, I understood that even with my best friend at the time, when I came into that setting after I had recommitted my heart to Jesus, I understood that there is a realm of evil. There is a realm that the enemy goes around. And his job and mission is to rob, kill and destroy us. And he only delights in us investigating, opening that little door just a bit to say, I wonder, Mm. I wonder what it's like. Some of these things then create fear in your spirit. And you know that God is not a God of fear. So any experience that where fear has entered, i.e. a scary movie, i.e. reading a book, doesn't matter what the name of it, but if that book brings you to a place where your body is starting to feel fearful, my post question to you is why would you continue it if fear is entering you? Fear overwhelms our faith and we become more focused on the fear than we do of God in the situation and there's that subtle exchange. The enemy of our faith is very subtle. Don't think it has to come like, you know, a big scary horn thing with fire. It's My experience isn't like that. My experience tells me that when you open and you want to investigate, whether it be tarot cards, reading your signs, horoscope, Mm. going to, for my case, going to yoga class, medication classes that were not based on God, um, books that you might read. For me personally, I know that they create a wedge 
a fear in me and therefore I say no thank you. Yeah. For me, Daryl and I, we watched a scary, our last scary movie that we ever saw was in it when we were 20 years of age. We came out of that movie and we said to each other, we will never watch a scary movie again and we haven't. The Lord's directed me not to go there because it wasn't healthy for me. And the other thing for, it might be all right for someone who hasn't had that background, but I have had that background. Yeah. And so why would I do that? Mm. Why would you put yourself in harm's way and then wonder why, you know, one year, two years, three years down the track when you think, gee, I feel distant from God. Why isn't he looking after me? Well, the choices that we make in life are real. So many good things in there. I think... Um, I love how you describe that opening the door because I do think sometimes we're guilty of thinking Satan is um, obvious, like we'll see it coming and um, it'll stand out kind of like a sore thumb. There's also wisdom in hearing from other people that have an understanding in this area um, and saying, look, that might not have been something that I considered a weakness or an opening in my life, but maybe wisdom tells me I can listen to somebody who has a bit more life experience and say why even bother starting down the road that takes that actually takes a lot of um, maturity and self-reflection to be able to say we don't actually have to try everything to know whether or not it will affect us or not um the the verse that I love Philippians 4 8 finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I think it's, that's what you're saying. It's the opposite. It's instead of opening ourselves to every possibility and, and hoping that we can redirect ourselves, it's actually saying, no, we're going to focus on things that are of God and not even dabble in the things that aren't who he is. They're not the truth about yeah. who he is. And I suppose some people might throw a question, but isn't God with you? And my answer to that, yes, he was with me. But because I made stupid decisions, um, young, naive, inexperienced, mm. all of those things, what I have found that sometimes I've had to go around the mountain to learn certain things. So, yes, he never left me. He actually, if he did, I wouldn't be here today. But what I have seen is that sometimes it's like I'm, he had to come in with a mop and bucket and there was stuff in me that was still messy, that was messing away with how I saw him, how I understood scripture, how even my expression of who I was has been altered because I opened myself to some of those things. But there was an entanglement of a dark side that had to be taken out of me because it was overshadowing the real fact of who Jesus was in my life. So as it, you know, and as a young person, if you're listening to this, you know, there are things in life, especially within our culture at the moment, that seem fun and dynamic and full of energy. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. God's, you know, he, I love the scripture where he says, I want you to live a life pressed down, overflowing, 
you know, fully alive in me. Mm. Well, just be careful that those things don't bring you to a place where, number one, you snuff him out. So your thoughts actually start aren't on him and they might subtly change so you become more the focus yeah what i want what i need what i see what i experience how i look just be careful just be careful because the enemy is as you've said is very subtle it's interesting um because i think with some of those things like you mentioned tarot cards and my mind goes to kind of like Ouija boards or astrology. Can the results of those things be true? Or can we blanket statement say, no, none of those things have any power? The interesting thing with the human brain is that if you pose something, the brain starts to dwell Mm. on it. I don't pretend to be a brain surgeon, but what I do know is that if we dwell on words, mm. it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy in yeah. yourself. Okay. And that's why scripture says dwell on the word of God and read it and digest it and think about it mm. because it will direct your thoughts. And so sometimes I wonder whether some of those things that you proposed actually are that like entry point so you start to think over and over and over and over and over again and therefore when it comes to pass you go oh pop there you go there's evidence so you go one plus one equals two rather than saying i wonder if that was true i wonder if you know i think once you start dwelling on something you tend to see it more often and Mm. therefore you might make that equation it's interesting what you're talking about that they're actually these things actually also have a physical effect on our bodies as well in the way our brain rewires itself not on this topic but you know there's been so much research in pornography and the effect that that has on brains and um and i would i would argue that if they applied the same principles to spiritual content that's not of god what kind of an effect we'd see in physically in the rewiring of our brains in those areas as well I love brain. Mm. I love the incredible uniqueness and everything about it. Child development to me is my field mm. and I love um, gathering more information and understanding a little bit more year by year as I've gone along. Science has told us that from birth to about five is where we're setting down our patterns and pathways in our brain that affect us for our life. Mm. So if you think about what's happening for a situation where you're allowing negativity to take over and developing your brain, then your activity of your brain is actually diminishing and not thriving. That has huge impact on your health. Yeah. Your mental health, if nothing, first of all. We have to understand that what we allow in to our mind and our spirit has consequences. It's become our way, particularly now in society, of exploration, finding yourself, anything goes, um, your truth is your truth kind of a thing. Contrast to that, we've got the highest rate of mental health challenges that we've ever seen before. You know, 
could there, this might be a wild suggestion, but is there a correlation between that? You know, we're talking about what we're letting into our lives and what the fruit of that is, what that becomes. I think, again, in education fields, I've spent a lot of my life, I know that children thrive when they feel they can predict what you're going to do. Hmm. They know the boundaries. They understand how it operates. They eventually get used to that and then they feel comfortable. And if they've got a comfortable brain, then all of that chemical reaction that happens when they're in stress doesn't happen and learning can take place. Mm. And I think, you know, even when you're opening yourself up to these other experiences of life, if you're continually feeling more and more anxious and it's building and building and building until you get to a phase place where you go, I can't function like I used to. Going back to the scripture of Deuteronomy, mm. choose which way you are going to live, mm. whether you're going to choose a life of trusting in an almighty God that throughout history and time that we live in, he's written a book about it. Mm. He's so gracious, like you said. You, you, you took the roundabout way. It's not like um, we fail and he goes, well... You got, it, you got it wrong, so we're done here. But it gives us every opportunity to learn and oh. to grow through these things. It's what's best for us? It's not. He doesn't just give us rules because he loves to have control, but he actually wants to... He doesn't want to see us in pain. And so he, he directs us as such, but also he's not going to leave us when we ignore it and try our own way. Mm. What a gracious God. What an incredible gracious God. Mm. And he asked us that that one of the mysteries I think about um, becoming a Christian is learning, um, you know, many, many years ago I was fascinated by the different voices of God, God the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I spent years trying to listen to the difference of their character. You're learning to hear his voice. It's as easy and as straightforward and as natural as that. Yes, it doesn't have to feel wild and out of control. It can actually feel very peaceful. And I think that's one thing that I've seen in the body of Christ. I think a lot of people think, coming back to your original question about is everything spiritual, I think, unfortunately, there was a time and place in, in, the, in the church where spiritual things became so ridiculous and forced you know, when God shows up, mm. it doesn't matter who you are, mm. there is a peace. Mm. You mentioned yoga. Are there any other experiences um, that have a background connected to spirituality that people might not actually be aware of? But, you know, I'm, I don't get Halloween. Uh, coming just... from on the opposite side of the table, a North American who very much grew up with Halloween. So this this one interests me. I don't get it. I mean, I had my beautiful, one of my beautiful um, daughter-in-laws is, came from America. Yep. And therefore my grandchildren are now involved with this um, celebration. I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I have researched it. I know that it had its roots in cult, um, Catholic background. I know that it was um, a part of uh, remembering and honouring 
the dead and saints. I understand that sometimes it's linked to a harvest festival, but I, I think what I've observed from it is the dark side of the dead part of it has overwhelmed the practice of Halloween. Mm. I think the roots were to honour and remember people, but like so many things, the enemies piggybacked on that yeah and so now we see more and more the influence of a dark side to it Mm. that is elevated yeah celebrated and honor and i wonder how much of that is once again opening a door into a realm that you cannot see nor understand but it invites fear into you and that's why i personally I don't go for it. I don't participate in it. But that's my journey. That's my understanding. So each one of us has to do our own understanding of life. You can't take someone else's. You can listen to it, but it's your walk. It's your accountability to Jesus. I don't have to give my accountability of you to Jesus. You have to do that by yourself. Yeah. All I can say for me, it draws me into a, I feel a heaviness. And I just say, well, that for me, is a no yeah. thing. I, I find this one really interesting because, so in Canada, Halloween is one of our, you know, the usual um, celebrations that we have. Growing up, there was another Christian girl in my um, school and she wasn't allowed to go out for Halloween. I remember that distinctly. We would have like a Halloween party in class and things and she, her parents um, made arrangements for her to not participate. Whereas my parents... They were quite traditional, but for us it was always, you can, but what are the aspects that we're going to concentrate on? So we were never allowed to be dressed up as something scary. So it was always a princess or a, my sister went as fog one year. I don't you know, strange things. It was about the creativity side of it. And my parents also said, when you go door to door, you're, you're meeting your neighbours. So this is a community activity. Um... And I find something really fascinating because when I moved to Australia, Halloween wasn't really a thing. And over the last few years, it definitely has developed. But what I've noticed is, as you're saying, they've actually very much emphasised the fear, the the death, that sort of side of it. Um, I don't actually see very often the other side, which is like the dress-up creative side, which admittedly I don't really understand how that came out of the original celebration, but... I, I think like what you're saying is right. It's like take stock of the situation that you're in, the culture, what that means, um, and it is. It's between you and God and knowing um, where you sit in that. And, yeah, for some people that might just be a hard and fast, no, this isn't something that I need to open myself up to, whereas other people might say we, we feel comfortable doing this much or in this way and and likewise could be said about easter and christmas yeah is for different families easter has kind of um morphed from the you know one easter egg that you used to get which <laughs> represented the empty tomb the new life and all that sort of thing and it's kind of morphed into you know the australian bilby and i don't know you know rabbit and all that sort of thing and I think it's the same thing in a family. You have to make that boundary and that decision for your own family. It's not for anyone else to say. As long as you're 
not just going along with the flow of the culture because not everything is as it seems. Mm. Are we protected from evil? You did touch on that, but um, idols. Do those physical idols have any power and are we protected from those? Very interesting question. So when I became a born-again believer, I chose to take anything that I had like that and I threw it away. Yeah. That was my journey. Why? Because I didn't want to be tainted. I wanted... When I recommitted my heart to Jesus, there was a physical and spiritual change in me. So for me, I chose not to put myself in ways where I would be tempted, where I would be going back into my old habits of thinking. You know, I know I've heard friends personally who have bought certain things overseas and and they've said, oh, you know, it's, it's just a bit weird since I've, I've got this. So... I think sometimes that can be that can be so, yeah. but other times, not at all. Mm. It can be just a thing. So it, again, it depends on how much of your own understanding you know. And uh, I think you know the that all that journey of not you have to do this journey by yourself yeah. in the fact that it's unique between you and God. Jesus is not showing us to live a life of legalism. Mm. He came to show us a life of liberty and freedom. Mm. Scripture very clearly tells us that God is involved in a battle against the forces of good and evil. And when we become a Christian, we are involved in that because we're a follower of Christ. And so a part of that does affect us because not because of us individually, it's because he hates Jesus. He hates him. Mm. He hates that he has won the victory. And so for he is still going to be, Scripture describes it, he's like a roaring lion that goes around to rob, steal and destroy. And as a young Christian, I used to say to myself, do I feel that I've been robbed or stolen or am I being destroyed? Yeah. And if I could identify any of those, I would go, I'm out of here. Because I knew that that, from what I read in Scripture, wasn't lining up with what was going to happen. Mm. So why would I stay there? Why would I leave myself in a situation where harm could come and put a wedge between me and Jesus? Um, we've talked a lot today about things that we might come up against in our own journeys, in our own lives. What is the go with generational curses? How do we know if we've been cursed? Or what are your thoughts on generational curses, things that might not be our choice? I think this is a really interesting one. How about I phrase it like this? Generational behaviours. Okay. So think back in your family. Have you got behaviours that have just become acceptable? Mm. Practice in your family. And some of those generational practices carry a weight and they can lead you into a place where once again you step away from trusting God or, or believing that he exists. Mm. But if you break it down, 
anything that again is passed from one one family member to the next to the next to the next it creates a line of behavior i have friends who sail Mm -hmm. and if you set your compass from the start and you're going to from a to b all right and if you move that compass by a few one degree Mm -hmm. By the time that's projected through to your end point, you can be a long way off your target. That's how I see generational curses and behaviour. So what starts out maybe quite innocent or not, Mm -hmm. the end point after it goes after family member and family member and family member can be projecting the family's behaviour a long way away from maybe a faith and trust in Jesus. What if somebody speaks something over your family? Does each generation then have an opportunity to realign the compass? So my grandfather mm-hmm. was a prisoner of war mm. and died at Changi, prisoner of war. He was 39 years of age. Mm. My father died when he was 40. Mm. And I projected on that when I got married... I could be facing the same situation. Hmm. And around the time that my husband Daryl was turning 40, I was really worried. Yeah. In fact, I was praying, oh, Lord, don't let this be a pattern that has been passed on through the generations. Yeah. My husband Daryl was really mad with me. Mm. And he said, don't you dare put that on. Don't you dare speak that over my life. But that's how easy it can be. So I see father, uh, grandfather, father, and oh no, is it going to happen to me? It was a generational pattern. Yeah. So I had to stand against that and not believe a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh no, it's going to happen in my family. So what practical step can you take? So in that example, what did you do? What was the process that you went through then to say, how do I hand this over? What does that look like? I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry if I've projected this onto my husband. Mm. I'm sorry if I expected the worst when you want only the good. Mm. I'm sorry that I've lived a pattern of fear. Mm. Fear again. That might expect this. And really it came down for me was fear. Mm. Fear is our number one enemy. Yeah. A huge enemy mm. of our faith. Mm. And so I just continually um, went to the Lord in prayer and just said, Lord, change the way I think about this. Help me to be rewired to what's real because it wasn't real. It was only my perception of what could happen. It wasn't even real. Mm. So rewire my thinking, Lord, that I'm in step with you and your destiny and your plan for us. You, one would think, oh, well, that wasn't such a bad one. Yes, it was, because it had me bound up. And anything that binds you up, that allows fear to be the speaker in your heart rather than faith, is an enemy of God. Is there anything that um, you had on your heart that we haven't touched on today or... Anything that's come to mind? I think I kind of emphasise it over and over. I think the one thing that I I see, regardless of your age, is your walk with Christ 
is your responsibility to grow in understanding of this beautiful relationship with Jesus, you have to do something. You cannot just, like, siphon something out through a straw of someone else's life. You have to be engaged with it personally, up front, be accountable, do it you. And therefore, that's why we read the Word. That's why we take a moment to pray, Whether, it, however that looks for you is so different for different people. But it's you have that hunger and yearning. And if you don't have that hunger and, hunger and yearning, ask God for it. He will delight in that prayer. Open the door to that. Open the door mm. and let me in. Mm. And let me flood your life in ways that you can't even dream or imagine. Mm. Thank you, Marinda. I'm so grateful for all the wisdom that you've shared and for um, your thoughts. It's really nice to hear somebody's perspective where there's been personal learning but also things that you've been able to gain from God revealing them to you. So thank you for sharing that with us. Appreciate your You're input. welcome. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this has been eye-opening, challenging, and if you disagree with anything we've said, that you're looking to scripture as you prepare your rebuttal. We would love to hear from you if there's anything you interpret differently, feel we've left anything unaddressed, or if you just want to hear more about what we were talking about today. Please share the episode if you found it interesting and subscribe to get notified when new episodes are published. And for more information about the podcast or Granary Young Adults, connect with us on socials at Granary Young Adults.